Well, folks, here we go again. Bryson DeChambeau again in the news, the golf news, but not for the good kind. Slow play is again reared its ugly head in his life. And but the problem, his slow play actually is not a result of him being slow. It's a result of something else that is a far bigger problem. So let's discuss. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, Aaron Stewart, Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for joining me here today. As I mentioned uh, before we got started here, Bryson DeChambeau is back in the news and everybody has an opinion on this thing. Again, slow play has been brought up as a video came out of Bryson DeChambeau spending over two minutes to line up a putt of which he uh, didn't sniff the hole he actually missed. So all the time that it took for him, had he made it, probably people would have been a little bit quieter about it, but he missed it. And then there's been some conversations. Obviously, uh, Brooks Kepka has come out a number of times this year, he has uh, found his voice over the last couple of years of winning a whole bunch of majors. And um, he's come out against slow play. And I guess at one time he did mention uh, Bryson DeChambeau. I believe it was, I think it was overseas on the European tour, wasn't it? But anyway, he's mentioned him before. Uh, J.B. Holmes obviously gets mentioned as a slow player. And we saw some of that in L.A., But um, so what do we do about it? I guess that becomes the kind of the question. And why in the world does it take Bryson DeChambeau so long to line up and hit a shot? Well, obviously, we know that Bryson DeChambeau is a different cat. He uh, plays golf a a much different way than the rest of us do. And I don't necessarily have a problem with uh, Bryson DeChambeau embracing all kinds of technology. I, I think that it's fantastic. I obviously... Um, being the voice of Data Access Golf, believes that the more data we have, the better golf we can play. And honestly, the more accurate the feedback and, and the more quickly we can get that feedback, the better we can get at golf. So the opportunity to get really, really good at golf right now in, in this time of history is far better than it was even five years ago, far better than it was 10 years ago. The equipment's better. Uh, the agronomy is better. Um, our shaft technology is better. The tolerances and anything that's being made, manufactured now are better. So we don't have these, you know, these, these strange swing weights with a brand new set of clubs. All the tolerances are better. We're just better off. Equipment's better. Everything's better. Golf balls are better. Everything's better. Uh, the instructions, frankly, Maybe the only thing that's that's suffering a little behind. Um, everybody still seems to embrace a lot of the the silliness of um, how to learn golf and makes it much more complicated than it needs to be. And one of those folks may very well be Mr. Bryson DeChambeau. And what I um, am talking about is, so Bryson DeChambeau, we've seen him over the course of his career he will be out hitting range balls, right? And I can't remember which tournament it was, but there was some rain in the forecast for the next day. So he spent time um, spraying water on his golf balls and then getting numbers to see how the golf balls reacted. All right. 
But I mean, that's how in depth we're talking about. They showed in this um, in our in this uh, tournament here that he walked up seventy yards for a seventy yard pitch and then came back and I guess made his calculations and all with that, right? And so a, a lot of folks will say, "Hey, you can't knock this guy for being." very detail oriented because there's a lot of money at stake and there is uh, not only we've mentioned here on this show a few times that also you've got sponsors that you have to pay attention to. And if Bryson DeChambeau walking 70 yards up to the green gets him on TV two or three more times for Puma and Cobra, then they're going to be okay with that, right? That's a, that's there, there is some financial incentive to play slower uh, based on, I mean, these, these sponsorships are based on how often they think you're going to be on camera. Okay. I mean, that's just the rock solid truth. They figure that out and they can tell you down to the dollar how much that's worth to their business based on, you know, how many eyeballs are seeing their logos on TV. They're, they're not paying that money just to be charitable. They're paying that money to these players to get money back. It's a business. And so the more TV time they can get, the better. So for some players that are looking for sponsorships, slow play is not a bad idea. If you can play well and play slowly and stay on camera longer, you're probably going to get more money in your sponsorship deals, on your clothing deals. Okay, so nobody's talking about this, but that's the situation. It's big money. Now, do all players sit around and worry about it? No. Brooks Koepka is definitely one that doesn't care. But he's a Nike player, right? And and they're pretty stingy on the logos. They want you to keep it to a minimum, right? And when they had equipment, you could only have the Nike swoosh on you. I know it's, people want me to say Nike, but I, I can't. I, I don't call my brother Mikey. He's just straight up Mike. <sighs> Anyhow, so you can't do that with, with Nike, right? I mean... Brooks Kepka is not too worried about it. Now, Brooks Kepka is also a guy who knows he can win a bunch of majors. If you're winning majors, if you're playing fast and winning majors and already you're going to have your clothing contracts, you're going to have all your sponsorships lined up. He doesn't have to worry about it. You could argue that maybe Bryson DeChambeau doesn't need to worry about it. But J.B. Holmes, he needs to worry about it. Now, he won earlier this year and wrapped up his card for a couple years. But if you look at the sponsorships he's got, the more he can be on TV, the better it is for his sponsors. Okay, so there is an incentive to play slow. Not for everybody, but those who are struggling to keep their card, they want as much exposure as they possibly can to get a sponsorship agreement, to pick up a sponsor. Um, how much that plays into a player's mind, I don't know. But if you're out there struggling for every last dollar, I can see that it would be kind of something that was in the back of your head. Why rush it? If you're in the hunt, why rush anything? Get as much TV exposure as you possibly can for the people that are lining your pockets with their, you know, with their contracts. Why wouldn't you? It seems like you, you've, you almost need to, have to, to respect that contract that you need to get as much TV time as possible. Play as slow as possible. Now, is that what's going on in Bryson DeChambeau's head? I don't think so. He's he's young. He's won enough where he's going to always be sponsored and he's going to have a lot of folks scrambling for him. He's just an interesting personality. 
So he's not going to have a problem bringing in, you know, the cash. Ricky Fowler, same way, right? Not going to have a problem bringing in the cash just for his persona and his presence on the course and his fans and how much people like him. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau has done it a different way. He's the mad scientist. He's created this persona for himself that is very interesting to some people and maybe kind of off-putting to others. Um, but that's not a bad thing as far as sponsorships go. So I don't think that Bryce DeChambeau was worrying about that. Bryson DeChambeau was worrying about taking up time. He, he obviously is. I mean, his Instagram post where he came out and apologized and said that he would try harder and work harder and play faster is great. I mean, that's awesome. Good for him. I think that that probably um, put an end to a lot of the uh, discussion that's going on and, and the vitriol and stuff's kind of quieted down. Other than they're saying that it's still a, an issue and that the PGA Tour said that they're looking at it and the powers that be at golf are looking at it. And what they can come up with and do, I don't know. Right. You've got Roy McElroy saying just penalize people. Uh, anybody who's a fast player is going to say just penalize them. They don't care. Um, you've got the feud kind of back up with Bryson G. Excuse me, not with with Brandel Shambly and and Brooks Kepka on, you know, long players or hard on the game and yada, yada, whatever. That's that's probably a discussion for another day. But, but what triggered it was the slow play thing where, you know, long players are also making it tough on the shorter players because they go up and stand by their ball and, and that makes things a little more intimidating and slower and stuff for the shorter players. I don't know if that's the case. Um, my thought is if somebody wants to go stand in front of me, then good luck to them. You know, I hope I don't hit them in the head, but if I do, it's really kind of their fault. So um, no problem there. But in Brian D in Bryson DeChambeau's problem, it's much bigger than slow play. So I was really encouraged that he came out and said, hey, I'm going to play faster. And, and my response to that is, no, you're not. As long as he believes that all of this data that he is bringing into his head is actually helping him make a better decision and helping him make a better golf swing, he is going to be slow. He brings in a lot of information. You see him pulling out his charts and the conversations with his caddy. He has to go through a whole checklist of stuff before he's comfortable hitting a golf shot. And that is always going to make him a slow, a slow player. And I, you cannot play golf consciously. I understand him. I don't, I don't understand why caddies still walk off yardage. You want to save time? Give him a freaking, I mean, I don't understand why they don't have um, yardages out on the course, why they cannot use, um, you know, the the range finders. Why can't they use range finders? The word escaped me for a while. You want to speed up play? Let them use a range finder. Instead of having the caddy walk off. When they get off, you know, in the booger bushes, the caddy's walking off all day long and they're waiting for a ruling. Make the rules simpler. Let them use uh, range finders and watch the game pick up. I think that would be a huge deal. Bryson didn't need to walk 70 yards up to the hole and back to figure out what the yardage is. Right? He could have just taken a quick shot with the laser finder and would have been good. Then if he'd walked up, we could have all said, hey, dude, you already knew the exact yardage. You didn't have to walk up there. Speed up the play. But it doesn't really feel like they're doing, they're trying to keep the tradition of the game, but yeah, they're complaining about slow play. Right, stick them all in carts. You want to see the play speed up, put them in carts that go 25 miles an hour and let them run. Like every player in a cart and see how that goes. 
there's things that they're just not considering because of the um, history of the game that could speed up play. They're, they're just not that interested in it. And there's no reason for them. Why would you want to cut play down at, at all when you're charging people for co- commercials? And for us sitting at home, a five-hour round means nothing because they're bouncing all around to all these really great shots. It's very entertaining. And then we've got our commercials and stuff. I don't know why they'd want to speed up play. I can't see it from a strategic and economic areas, an economic reason for it at all either. But back to Bryson DeChambeau. This poor kid is bringing in so much data and so much information on every single shot and then trying to disseminate process and come up with a way to hit that golf shot that I worry that he's just all up in his head. And he literally believes that he is so smart that he consciously can control his golf swing with his brain. Like he thinks that's going on. I I, I don't know for sure. I've never talked to Bryson. But taking in all that kind of data would lead one to believe that if that's what's going on, then we got a problem because he has to process a whole lot before he can come to any sort of decision on what club to hit. Instead of trusting yourself, trust yourself of being awesome. Trust that you know how hard without thinking about it, you need to swing a golf club to hit a ball 70 yards. Be connected to a target and let it fly. I just think that he would be much happier and frankly a better player if he didn't take in all the data. Take a quick hit with the laser finder, figure out it's 70 yards, and then take a couple practice swings sort of connected to the target, seeing how your body goes, and then let the thing go and can compare your normal swing to your practice swing and see how close they were. That is the most brilliant and easy and simplest way to play golf, and it's, it is by far the, the, the easiest way to get better. The quickest way to improve is to do it that way. It's simply that. Take a couple practice swings until you feel you've picked the one that hits it the right distance because you're super connected to the target. Hit the ball, compare that swing, not try to control the swing, just hit the ball, experience the swing, compare it to the practice swing and see how close they are. Then you'll be able to tell my practice swing wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't have enough oomph in the practice swing, velocity in the practice swing to get the ball all the way there because those swings were exactly the same and the ball's, you know, 20 yards short or 10 yards short or whatever. That also shows that you're not very connected to a target, right? But let's say you go and you added a little bit to it and it's pin high. Okay, now you know that um, you are very connected to a target and you weren't confused by that practice stroke. Your conscious mind did the practice stroke, but you let your body just react to a target and so it put a little more juice on it and got all the way pin high to the hole. That's the way golf should be played. And then you can say, you know what? Wow, I was super connected to the target. My practice swing probably was too much up in my head because it wasn't the right velocity to get the ball to where I I fortunately got it because I let myself react to a target and let it happen. And that's how brilliant my body is. So yeah, I just, I worry Bryson DeChambeau's problem isn't slow play. The problem is he's taking in all this data, trying to process it and then trying to control his golf swing and his golf game with his arguably brilliant mind, but playing consciously and trying to make your bodies do things, make your body do things with all this data is not a good way to play golf. It's a way to play very frustratingly slow golf. 
Uh, Brooks Kepka seems to have it figured out. He steps up and he hits it at, he hits it at the target. He didn't have the best of weeks last week. Maybe he was super frustrated with slow play. I don't know. Um, but, uh, Brooks Kepka is one to step up and play it. I would say this. If you had a, if you, to play better golf, it's better to be faster than it is to be slower. Um, because if you're slower and you're standing over the ball, for example, if you're standing over the ball and running through a checklist to make sure that your feet are aligned properly and your hips and your shoulders and everything else are aligned properly, there's a very good chance that eventually you're going to go up into your head and you're going to try to control your golf swing. Whereas if you step behind the ball, you take a, a look down the fairway, you, you find your target, you connect to it, you step up thinking about your target and, and, you know, pick up a, you know, some kind of a mark or something before the club, before the ball, excuse me. So you have something to line up to. But if you line up to staying connected to the target and then you just let it go, you will play better golf than if you sit and go through checklists every single time. And I know that there's a lot of people that feel like they need to make sure that their grip's exactly right and their hips and their knees and everything else is exactly right. Um, but I, I just, it's very hard to get everything exactly right, despite what Michael Breed says. <laughs> um, everything changes every single day. But if you get into a very natural, comfortable position and you're connected to the target and you trust in yourself, you will play better golf. Bryce, uh, Bryson DeChambeau would play better golf if he just, um, if he just did super tough physic, um, equations in his head and hit the golf ball doing it that way. Then trying to process the humidity and the dew point and the amount of, um, you know, water on the ball. Right. He, and how, you know, how much grass is between the ball and the club and all of that stuff that he talks about with his caddy. If he just got up and positioned himself and trusted his natural ability, which is obviously amazing. Um, yes, he's a very smart kid. Yes, he probably could do physics problems in his head and he probably should and he would be a better golfer. So my take on him, uh, my take on slow play, um, I, I just think that there's an economic component in here nobody's willing to talk about. That's fine, but it's, it makes the discussion a little dishonest. And then on, on top of that, I think that players uh, are slow because they're doing things from a very conscientious place, from a very uh, conscious place. They're thinking too much. Uh, they're worried too much. There's too much fear. Uh, there's too much on the line. They want to do right by their sponsors. I think there's a lot of things that we're not talking about. Obviously, if the PGA Tour wanted to fix it, they could uh, let them use rangefinders and let them take golf carts that go 25 miles an hour. And we could really speed this sucker up. But we're not going to see that happen. So anyway, thanks for joining me very much. Any questions or comments or opinions that you have on slow play, I'd love to hear, love to hear about them. You can find us. Obviously, you can leave comments here on this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. They will get back to me. Also, you can follow us on Facebook. That's all of these um, podcasts are getting post, uh, posted on Facebook as well as on our YouTube channel. So you can find them there. Also, really any place that you can download a podcast, you will be able to find Data Access Golf. Please like us, subscribe us, uh, send us in comments. We'd really like to know uh, what, what we should talk about. The, the, uh, 
the year is almost over. We've got to come up with some topics to, to discuss over the winter and I'm looking forward to doing that. It's always fun to practice golf uh, in the off season and get better. Um, from fall to spring is really a great time to get better. And if you've got the right technology and the right data and the right feedback, it's very possible. So till next time, Aaron Stewart saying thank you for joining me. And remember, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com. And we'll see you on the next episode.